Hey, White Sox fans, it's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 37 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by Southside Sox, a part of Fans First Sports Network. Uh, welcome to one of the last shows of the season, um, because clearly the White Sox are not playing any October baseball. <laughs> um, but on this episode, the Red Sox are also out of contention, yes. currently below 500. In last place, 20 and a half games back. So to talk Ooh. about Red Sox <laughs> woes, I have my dear friend Bailey on. And you might remember her from other podcasts that we've done for Southside Sox. And then also our own Soxy Chicks. Um, so Bailey, welcome. Thank you. I wish uh, we could be on better terms with this and our teams. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it, it, it really is. So let's let's just get right into this. What happened to the Red Sox this season? Oh, lots of injuries, for sure. Lots of just the on-field team playing so poorly, especially this last month. Like there was there was a time where they were only about two games out of the wild card, and that was in and around the trade deadline. And you know, high and Bloom, who no longer has a job with the Boston Red Sox, a lot of people could say. It was his indecisiveness, but a part of me probably also wouldn't have done much more than what he did at the deadline because he believed people were coming back and people were coming back. And then you have like Paxton go down again. You have um, people like Jaron Duran that decides he's going to try and catch uh, an outfield home run that's about 10 rows deep and stubs his toe while trying to climb the wall. So you have things like this. While you have some guys underperforming, you definitely have people overperforming, like pretty much it's amazing how well uh, Justin Turner's done this season. He's going to potentially have like 25 home runs and like 100 RBIs, and that would be the first time in his career to have 100 RBIs. So like there's been some high points, but it's just like all together, they haven't come as a cohesive unit. And I think a big part of that is actually just – the on-field coaching staff, and I think there needs to be a major overhaul. The Boston Red Sox ownership is obsessed with Alex Cora, so he's going nowhere. There's even rumors that, like, is Alex Cora going to, like, pull a, what was it, like a Brad Stevens and then become the GM of the team? And I'm like, God, dear, no, please, Jesus Christ, absolutely not. Please, no. If you If we're stuck with him, just have him be the manager and then have him have just a better core of people to help him run the team on fields. Cause I think on field, like the Red Sox are one of the worst teams defensively. And a lot of that has to do with Carlos Febles, who is the infielder uh, third base coach and also the infield um, instructor. And most of the issues are with the infield, the outfields, like relatively solid defensively. Masataka Yoshida is not the best, but if you can live with Manny Ramirez in left field, you can live with Masataka Yoshida in left field. So it's kind of just been overall extremely underachieving. You know, there's a potential that, like, at the, in July, I was like, damn, this team can actually be pretty good. They're going to blow what they did 2022 out of the water, and now they could potentially have a worse record. And mm-hmm. last place again, but, you know, it is what it is. There's going to be a whole – it's going to be a fire sale. And get ready, Red Sox fans, because a lot's going to happen. Yeah. Off of that, I'll take a quick little detour because you have always kind of been a Bloom defender. I see you constantly yelling at uneducated men folk about him. So what are your thoughts? My thoughts are... I thought he was going to at least be able to get his contract, like the five-year contract that he signed to, uh, was going to be able to 
see that all come to fruition because this was the offseason where he could actually spend. It's not like he came in, was hired in 2020 and said, you know what's going to make this team better? I'm going to get rid of fucking Mookie Betts. <laughs> Absolutely not what happened. Ownership said, we don't want to pay him. We effed this up. You need to get the best value you can for him. And whatever people, no matter who he got back, Mookie Betts is a generational talent. He's potentially a first ballot Hall of Famer. You're never going to get your value back, especially he was a rental at that time, no matter what people want to think. And most likely COVID doesn't happen. He plays out that 2020 season in uh, the Dodgers, and he's like, hello, free agency. And then he signs to whomever is about to give him the most money. COVID really changed the landscape, and then that's why he's like 12 years, 365. Yeah, sure, let's do it. You're a great organization. Uh, and whatever, whether Mookie Betts wanted to stay – you know, that is what it is. He, he is not here. He is going to probably have a an L.A. on his hat when he goes into the Hall of Fame, you know. But no matter what, the Red Sox got the best season out of Mookie Betts because he's never going to be able to replicate 2018. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, okay. So yeah. <laughs> that scene was that that season was insane. So how I look at it is I think he was a scapegoat. I think it was unfairly let go because I thought he would been able to have the resource to actually go out and do what you're going to see whomever they hire now do, you know, and I, you've heard like little things here, rumblings, like he was indecisive. If truly he was so indecisive and you saw that as a true problem and there were rumors that was like, oh, somebody would see his name come up on like their phone and be like, I don't want to deal with him. Like if that's true, then yeah, you need to move on for somebody. But a part of me has a tough time figuring that that's somewhat true. So I feel disappointed that he didn't get to do what he built for. He also took a, a third, the 30th rank farm system and put them in the top five into yeah. most outlets right now. He's found potentially some great things with like a Marcelo Meyer with a Roman Anthony, Kyle Teal coming number 14 in the draft last year. And he's just been tearing it up. He went from like low a up to double a this like season and played not many games. Cause you know, he was drafted in June. Yeah. So there's a lot to be excited about and, if they bring in someone who's going to be like a, a, a Dave Dombrowski 2.0, we're going to kiss all those guys bad, but goodbye. And our 2024 team is going to be killer. They're going to be like 2018 Red Sox, but then you're going to have nobody in the farm system and you're going to be like square one. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping they can find somebody that's like a nice balance who says, okay, there are people that I know I can trade. And then there are my untouchables and I have all this money, you know, cause a lot of people said that I am just like to hoard everybody too. But again, we don't really know that because he was never really given the chance to trade and spend. You know, Jeff Passan wrote something brilliant about the idea of like he was told to come in and rebuild the terrible farm system mm -hmm. to stay under luxury tax and try to be competitive at the major league level. And that's impossible. Yeah. And I think it's like you're hovering at 500 over two years. 2021 was just some weird anomaly. And mm -hmm. I don't count 2020. It's, it is what it is. Mickey Mouse season. Yeah. And it's like he did whatever he could with it. And I think he did. If, you, if my team is at 500 and at least until September, they were playing pretty fun, competitive baseball. And I know that like the future is coming and sustainability is coming and he's building towards what, you know, Alex Anthopoulos is doing down in Atlanta or what Friedman, you know, who he learned from who came into a way better situation in Los Angeles than Haim ever did. So he's kind of in an impossible situation and I have to move on just like everybody else has to, you know, there's people cheering and there's people like, this is stupid. And I'm just hoping that whomever they replace him with is going to be like a happy medium. That's what I'm looking forward to.
Yeah. As soon as I saw that, like, I got the alert on my phone. I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to do a wellness check on Bailey. Like, ace. (laughs) It's it is what it is. And um, like I said, if you can. I'm just a part of me hopes they replace him with Kim uh, Kim Ang oh. just so all the Bluminatis are still I mean the anti blooms are still crazy and like the people that are in the Bluminati are like oh no this is this is pretty much what Hyam is still still gonna do while maybe actually spending money and they'll still be angry so that's kind of what I want <laughs> yeah that's ideal honestly everyone. Right should want to hire her personally absolutely i think it would be so fun but um i don't know i know that jared Crab has kind of floated it on his last mm-hmm. name redacted podcast and there's been other names out there and a lot of these other names just feel like heim bloom so it's like you're kind of replacing him with someone else and i think that it's truly that john henry was seeing that the ticket sales were down and people bitching on twitter and they're like i just have to get rid of this guy and i i hate that because you're taking away somebody's livelihood <laughs> But because a bunch of little fans are crying on the internet. But anyway. I just hope that you don't end up with someone worse. Um, like, you know, Rick Hahn gets fired and he gets replaced with the person who has single-handedly destroyed our farm system. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't see the Red Sox hiring anybody from within to mm-hmm. take over, especially with, um, you know, they told Brian O'Halloran they don't want to keep him as GM. They want to give him like another job within the system. So that shows me that they're going to probably hire someone from outside and they'll still keep a certain like infrastructure. But then that person, he or she will bring in their, you know, he or she, he or Kim Ang. That's it. No <laughs> other she's are going to get this job, unfortunately. So either those uh, will probably bring in some of their own people too. So I don't necessarily think that it's going to be like, oh, all of a sudden, because people are like, oh, is Eddie Romero going to get the job? I don't think so. I don't think anybody from within is going to get that job. Yeah. you. A lot of times you just have to reach outward because, yeah. you know, the people at the bottom aren't always great. No, and if it's a fundamental system, like it's in there systemically, like you're going to want to kind of clear that all out and start fresh. But some some teams, yeah, (laughs) go just go right in and just be like, all right, let's get all these evil spirits out of here and let's get going. Like, absolutely. So with this team, who Mm -hmm. would you kind of declare as your MVP this year? Oh, I think it's got to go Justin Turner. Like, just what he's done for the clubhouse, too. Like, you know, that was the thing. The, the culture last year wasn't the best. And uh, this this year, it's like there's been ups and downs and things. But instead of, like, when they shipped his buddy, like, Kike Hernandez out because he was terrible. And, of course, Kike gets to fail upward and go right back into the, you know, one of the best teams in the National League. Gotta love that. I gotta love failing upward. And instead of, yeah, he's like, oh, this he's one of the reasons I'm here in Boston. is gonna be sad. But instead of, like, crying and bitching like Xander Bogarts did when they shipped, uh, you know, Christian Vasquez out last year. He's just like, it is what it is. I gotta go out there and play baseball. And he's also embraced a lot of the young guys like Jaron Duran up until, you know, his injury said, I couldn't be myself last year. Tristan Casas, you know, that's how the Casas got hurt again. And there goes his chances at uh, winning rookie of the year when he had a really good chance. And the season he's had is incredible. And that's what I'm excited about some of this young core going forward. But like these guys were finally allowed to be themselves because somebody like Justin Turner came in and said, yeah, you want to do yoga without your shirt before the game? Like, how's that going to affect me? You want to paint your nails? Paint your nails, whatever color you like. I don't care. You just go out and hit the damn ball. Yeah. You know? So it's a, like a loud, and even bringing in Kedley Jansen, who's been 
ups and downs and then hurt of course he's still on like he got covid and things like that but still like bringing somebody in like that that embraces these young guys is just so vital especially moving forward and then you have like chris martin that if he was people said if he was a closer he'd be a Cy young candidate it's been insane how good he is and like we've got him and kenley for next year too so it's like there's a lot of good things that could be going into you know 2024 that are still in place and it's a lot of the good uh clubhouse culture guys whether or not you know justin turner decides he's gonna do his player opt-out which he probably should because there's probably a lot of money out there waiting for yeah him. that'd be my mvp he was, healthy. he was healthy this season which yeah except he had a little nice. issue but he played through it yeah it's been better than the health on the white Sox, that's for sure oh yeah you guys have whew. so never fun <laughs> no oh my gosh no so what do the Red Sox need to target in this offseason? Because I know you you trust your ownership to go out and put that oh, money. Oh, they're going to spend. Yeah. yeah. To put that money forward. So what do you guys really need to target? Oh, 100% they need to borderline ace starters. Whether it be like uh, Yamamoto. Uh, but everybody's going to be in on Yamamoto. So you're going to have to outbid for Yamamoto. Like it comes down to that. I think you need somebody like him. I think you need to potentially trade. But then again, I have my untouchables that like, I know you love Dylan Cease, but I don't want to trade a Marcelo Meyer or Roman Anthony for Dylan Cease. Like you trade those people for Chris Sale because Chris Sale is just, at that time was on a just a damn different level that was the epitome of ace one of the best in the (laughs) game so you trade your big guys for that you don't trade your big guys for dylan seas if you can get dylan seas for some of your little lower tier ones yeah you do it so i just don't know how you're going to go about the trade market without giving up one of those blue chips so Mm -hmm. and i don't know if whomever comes in is like i don't care here's roman anthony which in my opinion, how he's risen through the ranks this year at only 19, that's my biggest chip, man. I'm not giving him up for anybody. I think I'd give, and I know it's because people, it's like, what have you done for me? And it's like relevancy. So like you're seeing more of like the relevancy of like a Roman Anthony than you have an injured Marcella Meyer to say, yeah, I'll just give Meyer over Anthony when I don't want to give up either of them or Kyle Teal. Really, anyone else, honestly, whomever wants it can have it so they need two starters whether or not be the trade market or going out and getting someone in free agency i'm just i'm just afraid that they're gonna like they're gonna pull uh a, like david price 2.0 and throw all the money at blake snell oh gosh <laughs> i think that's what's gonna happen I'm, i will not be surprised that blake snell is playing for the boston red sox in 2024 honestly that's fair. So what does next season look like for you? Because you do seem a bit more optimistic about it. Like we were talking ahead of the show. Yeah. You feel um, better about next year. So what does it look like for you? I think it's going to be like if you get two top of the line frontline starters and Brian Bayo is like your number three and Chris Sale is your number four, that's a World Series contending rotation. And they're already a top five offense, and I still think they'll figure out things. I don't think they're going to go into necessarily 2024 with uh, Luis Urias or, you know, a Pablo Reyes playing second. So I think they're going to try to sure up second base. And you can only expect better things coming from a Trevor story. And, like, to my, my thing is, like, the the defense had improved for Tristan Casas at first. And if you have somebody who's like a Trevor Story uh, to the left, standing to the left of, you know, um, 
where you know um like a rafael devers is standing that's gonna still make rafael devers better and i think they're gonna get someone else to be an infield coach and third baseman a third base coach for them so i think they're only going to improve defensively but they need to shore up the defense and they need two huge starters and if you do that world series back on honestly because like that those Starting pitching was the biggest huge fault for this damn team. Some of them aren't getting into like the fifth inning and that's Mm -hmm. a huge issue, you know, because then you're taxing your bullpen. But then if you can have somebody who's averaging like six, seven, eight, maybe nine, who knows? And they're just going out there and they're uh, averaging at least six to seven innings. And then you have a rested pretty damn good bullpen. Like this could be an elite team in 2024. And I'm not just saying that as like a biased Red Sox fan. If John Henry (laughs) wants to blow his load, he can. And this team can become really, really good overnight. Just yeah, have to I, do it. You know? I looked, I just had to look at Chris Hale's contact because I didn't realize. Oh, it's you, an albatross. You see, yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. It comes off the book soon, though. <laughs> yes, he does. Very soon. Uh, but yeah, you at least have him until through next year. Yeah, and he was, he pitched really well last time out with mm-hmm. low velocity because he's kind of learning to pitch and if you can have chris sale learning to pitch while still having a wipeout slider and he's your number four holy shit is all i can say then you can deal with either a cutter crawford or uh, a tanner hauk averaging kind of five to six innings as your fifth with the potential of like oh there's a great upside to these guys or you toss one of them in the bullpen like then you're like, holy crap, it just changes the entire landscape of that team, really. Yeah. All I want is for Chris Sale to succeed. And that's all Chris Sale wants is to succeed, too. It's not like he's sitting there being like, collecting all my money. No, Chris Sale wants to contribute to the Boston Red Sox. So if he can be healthy in 2024, and literally you have a healthy Chris Sale as your number four, your team's elite. Yeah, for sure. And now we kind of got the shit end of the stick because Michael Kopech is just lost it entirely all i can say is that dave dombrowski somehow doesn't give doesn't give a fuck about your farm system will trade whatever but somehow locks out in the long run because like yes we get chris sale we win a world series then it's an albatross contract he signs him to but in the end i'm still like won that trade while giving two like I thought Michael Cole, I was like, that's going to bite us in the ass. I was like, do we develop a good starting pitcher for the first time in a thousand years? And then of course, you know, uh, Yoan Moncada, it's like COVID really just fucking did him in. Like he was like a five win war player at one point. Like I still don't think he's as good as Rafael Devers. So like, that's also Dave Dombrowski realizing I have, but the system was so stacked at that point that you had so many like people, like you had a, you could give away uh, a Michael Kopech because you had a Tanner Houck. You yeah. could say, here, have Yoan Moncada because I have a Rafael Devers. It was just so stacked that at that point, it almost didn't matter because potentially the better player was the one that was waiting behind him. And in the long run, that's what it is. Rafael Devers is the better player. So, like, Dombrowski's just got so lucky in his trades, too. <laughs> like, in- insane. Whereas people just don't necessarily luck out like that, where you can give so many to trade for a Chris Sale. You give so many to also trade for like Craig Kimbrell, like all of these things. And none of them have ever come back to bite the Red Sox in the ass. And that's insane. Yeah. I mean, I will still defend Moncada 
every single day of my life. Like my last dying breath will be like, you know what? He is actually still a good player. <laughs> and he, I mean, he's been heating up, but unfortunately it's like too little too late. Yeah. Um, and he was out for so much of the season, but I mean, that was a nice way to see Jake Berger, who is now um, killing yeah. it in Miami. Miami, of course. Ken, <laughs> Ken Williams had to be a douche on his way out, but <laughs> like, you know what? Here's my parting gift to you. <laughs> oh, I hate him so much. I hate mm. him so much. It's, um, it's, it's so unfortunate. And I think that's because they leave these people in these positions. So it's like, there is the idea of like the Red Sox have this turnover every four years, it seems. But at the same time, it's like, well, what if you're stuck with a Kenny Williams for like 20 years and he just completely ruins your entire organization? So yeah. what is it? Do you want the person there for like as long as they are? Or do you want kind of the turnover? You know? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah. We'll lighten this up. Um, I got two funny um, Twitter questions, sort of related <laughs> to the Red Sox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, actually, no, I got three. There was one. Um, does Boston seem to have a plethora of chicken pot pies? Because the last time Mailman Jack went, he seemed as though there were just so many options for him. Do you know the anything chicken about chicken pot, pot pies pot in pie? Boston? I know Harrow's chicken pot pies. They're like the best chicken pot pies in Massachusetts. But I wouldn't necessarily say like you can find a chicken pot pie at like every corner store. Um, I don't know. There's also like not just pot pies, but like there's table talk, tiny little pies in Worcester. Mm -hmm. It's right next to Polar Park. And that that's all I can say about chicken pot pies or, or pies in Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was not on the hunt for a chicken pot pie last time I was in Boston, but maybe look, well, now I can't have them because I can't have any gluten, but you know, mm. we'll, we'll find an option. Maybe there's a gluten-free one out there. Doubt it, but you never know. <laughs> they have, they have them at Whole Foods. All right. They're okay, I guess. Um, this one kind of made me laugh. Which Red Sox players are Hall of Fame or have Hall of Fame last names to say with a Boston accent? He was Xander Bogats. Yeah, like, <laughs> nothing beats Xander Bogats for like for, for for the name. I just don't like the first and last name just fit perfectly. You know, people in San Diego, I'm not saying his name nearly as cool. <laughs> no, this person was a fan of Tristan Casas, and he really just expanded the A's in that. Uh, see that much it's Tristan Casas that, that's what it Casas like yeah, Tristan doesn't have any mm -mm. oomph to it Casas maybe how would I say it without my accent let me think Casas no I still think it sounds the same if I try to say it with or without the accent yes but of mm -hmm. course Noma Noma was like the creme de la creme Noma Garcia para like that's a good one. That that one really, that might be the, I mean, there was a whole like SNL Boston teen skits where Jimmy Fallon just be like, no, ma. Like it, <laughs> it was perfect. Well, yeah. it is fun. The Boston accent is amazing. Unless you're like that Michaela girl on TikTok who just, I don't know if you were familiar with I her. I am not. But her accent is so phony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a phony one. a video of her because everyone was like, She's not even, she's like an hour out of Boston and yeah. no one has that accent here because she's like, like you have a legitimate Boston accent. This girl, it's just like. It's like you can tell when it's exaggerated. Yeah, That's it's like very, when you. 
very exaggerated. Yeah. I went to a wedding last weekend and this guy at the wedding was like, oh, that's your voice? <laughs> I was like, yes. He's like, oh, I thought you were putting it on. I was like, no. Would you think I would take the time? I was like, do you know how difficult it would be to like just think about dropping my eyes whenever but no. yeah my, my I've noticed my thing when like watching movies and people putting the accent on is they'll just like really exaggerate it or like start getting a couple octaves louder and I'm like no that's not it it's it's ka it's ka it's as this simple as that it's not ka or ka it's ka <laughs> that's that's how she is it's like exaggerated but it also sounds like Donald Trump is trying to do an exaggerated Boston accent all That's right. the best way I can describe her. Is it outfit. supposed to be a put on for her though? Is it like part of the shtick? I think is- that's like everyone is just so jar like she's so jarring when she like pops up on your TikTok and she's so like, like screaming this like overly excessive phony Boston accent. So I think that's like why she got so big. But I'm just oh like, of course. Man, I should just do that. I should just, like, get a TikTok and just say, ka, and, like, have it pop up and scare people. Just scream. She went viral again for, like, saying Kim Kardashian, but in, like, a... Kardashian? Oh, I got... I'll send it to you. I have to find it. She's Uh, ridiculous. I need to listen to this and have a good laugh. Anyway, the other question. Can you appreciate a world where a team wearing black socks plays a team wearing blue socks, but on paper, it's the white socks versus the red socks? Well, I mean, I live in a world where the Red Sox, one of their away uniforms is a blue jersey top. So, like, well, I, you know, it is what it is. It's like, I've, I've seen them play in the most god-awful yellow. Oh, yeah. Like, I, appreci- I mean, I appreciate that uniform for what it is, but, yes. man, it is. I just don't think I realized that I didn't like the marathon colors as much as I don't like them. Like, because it's like the the it's awesome what it stands for mm-hmm. and the jersey but my god i didn't realize that those i wore the marathon colors really and been like oh gross gross <laughs> like it's a gross color scheme that was <laughs> one of the first times i heard the f-bomb on live tv it was right after david yep yep oh man good times well not yeah. really but i was just like oh my god he just did it good times for you know not not worrying about censorship you know yeah no now no, everybody's no. like gotta have that delay button i'm like who cares the I, what goes on in our world and our children see on the news is far more detrimental than my child hearing the word fuck yeah <laughs> from I, david ortiz yeah let him say it that was a horrible day yeah yeah and it's like you needed to you know he was it was raw and it was real in that moment the idea of like oh my god he said the f word i'm like yeah okay he said the (laughs) f word i mean i grew up in a a swearing forward house so maybe it's different i just grew up in like a household where the f word was just thrown about so i just like desensitized to i thinking swearing is a big deal when you can watch the departed on like cable television and you can still see them like get their heads blown off yeah. but we gotta beep out those f-words but that's my problem with that i love the departed i need to watch it again it's been a while oh the departed so fun one so of the best fun. all right we're gonna take a very quick break mm-hmm. and then come back to break down this dreadful series Woo! <laughs> and if you're on youtube this is awkward <laughs> right you just get to watch us <laughs> All right. Welcome back. Um, Again, we've got Bailey here to talk about the Red Sox. We can break down this series that honestly doesn't even matter at this point. Like series of the mid. Just, (laughs) you know, put us out of our misery at this point. But 
as far as pitching goes, this is kind of an interesting series. We have our old friend Chris Sale facing Tuki Toussaint, who was just thrown into a pitching role because all of our pitchers are dead. Gotta love that. Um, Here you go. Yeah, that's the first game. Then we have Dylan Cease, who has been really bad lately um, against Nick Pavetta. And then there's some asshat loser up against Cutter Crawford. So how are you feeling about, at least on your end? Pretty good uh, on my end. Crawford, it's been ticking upwards really well this season. He pitched uh, six innings, I believe, last time out, which is pretty good for him because he usually averages like four and a half to five. So if you go with, like I said, if you go into next year with him as like to him or Tanner Houck as your fifth, well, you have four pretty solid guys in front of him. Damn good rotation you got for you. It's mm-hmm. really good that sale. Pitched really well last time out. Like I said, his velocity was down, but he was using the slider really well. He had like, I think like 12 strikeouts or something. Oh, it was, wow. it was see, 12 or 13 strikeouts. Like he was looking some like vintage Chris Sale out there against the Blue Jays. Just like absolute, but that Blue Jays, I, I still, it doesn't, I don't understand how the Blue Jays are good. But anyways, that's beside the point. So <laughs> they're going to be terrible next year. Red Sox going to wipe them. But anyways, um, so feeling pretty good good about those ones like those two games thinking that like yeah potentially i just i've never been a nick pavetta fan like ever i kind of want him off my team next year or he's in the bullpen and he's only in the bullpen Uh so um you guys can have that game (laughs) i didn't know about that with you yeah we'll take that game dylan needs needs a win needs a win he, needs, he desperately needs a win he's got a he's got a show for his team he's gonna pitch for next year that the red exactly. Sox are gonna overpay for um, gonna, i'm just afraid that they're gonna give give way too much for dylan Seas. yeah so you might get to enjoy marcella meyer on your team and and maybe roman anthony and then we're stuck with dylan Seas. <laughs> so. i just hope he's better for you next yeah. year especially if you do overpay chris yeah. sale that's a tough one because i love tukey but I love Chris Sale. Um, we got I, nothing. We got nothing. So let's just yeah. root for the people we want to root for. Exactly. And so, yeah. Um, and Clevenger can rot in hell. Yeah, I just hope game three, you guys just, just crush the shit out of him. Oh man, knock him off the mound or something. Yeah. How is he still? Like, how is he still in? I thought he would have been thrown out with the Wolves too. Um. So sadly, he might be the most consistent pitcher in our starting rotation that you guys have yeah um I was really hoping because of that because I mean they put him out there they they tried to get rid of him but nobody nobody wanted him yeah and I'm like well we don't want him either and maybe he'll leave but I just have a feeling that they're both going to be like no let's do another year and then I'll be like I hate baseball so much does he have another year on it or on his contract options oh there's an option yeah maybe so, they'll just be like bye and I, nobody else will touch him i don't know and he'll be go hanging out with his buddy in japan that's my dream although i don't feel like japan deserves that punishment that's true but i also feel like japan takes on these pieces of shit and i'm like mm-hmm. why are we doing this japan like japan and then the kbl they seem to just be like yeah we'll take these like problematic men and do things with them and i'm like well, but why you seem like a great nation. Like, what are we doing? I would love to visit, but I don't yeah. want to visit while those, yeah, while those people are succeeding. And yeah, yeah. 
because obviously baseball is something I would also want to take in. Like I oh, would absolutely. Oh, my God. Season. I know um, my friend Keelan, she was in Japan this year and she went to like a minor league type game, mm-hmm. but it was like right after Bauer went down to the minor leagues because he was that bad. Yeah. She was yeah. like, I didn't realize that like we were playing his team. <laughs> she didn't have to see him pitch, but she was like, I. Yeah. Or if you see him pitch, have him get lit up. And then you're like. That's fun. It's just crazy. So, I mean, like somebody like um, Urias just uh, the second mm-hmm. time, the second, mm-hmm. the first time, I, I do potentially understand the idea of like if something happens and you truly learn from something and you become a better person through what you have done, maybe you can rebuild yourself and we can be like, okay. But like that, that whole situation didn't feel like he was ever going to. And then it happens again. You're like, okay, this is a pattern. And man, the Dodgers are just real good at getting men to that abuse women to pitch for them. Apparently. Gosh, it's embarrassing. Um, He just killed a ton of money coming his way. A ton of money. Yeah. I mean, there are still so many abusers. Like, Oh, unfortunately, Marcelo Zuna is out there playing for the best team in the goddamn. I love the Braves, but I hate to root for the Braves knowing that that piece of shit is on that team. I can't. I can't. Like, Anthopolis, that's the one thing you've done that I've been like, sir. I understand, like, he signed him before, like, any of that shit came out. But, like, why is why are these people still employed by Major League Baseball is what gets me. Well, the White Sox got rid of their third base coach, but retained Daryl Boston. So <laughs> it's like you just really don't get it. Like, no one cares. Yeah, that that's really what it comes down to. Is like they just don't give a shit at this point, and it's like the only thing that Major League Baseball has done, and all thirty teams were like absolutely not, is when that uh, I think his last name was Heimlich, the kid that pitched at Oregon State, that was like the best pitcher mm-hmm. in like like they were like, oh my god, he won like all these awards. They're like, this kid's gonna go like first overall, and it came out that he like sexually assaulted his five year old cousin. Thankfully, no team, and not even like the KBO or like the like Japan was like, sure, come hang out with us. Like that kid had to go to like the Mexican league to like pitch. Well, guess who defended him on Twitter? Oh God, who? Our new GM. (laughs) So so maybe he's going to be a White Sox. Maybe he's going to be a a White Sox. I'm so so tired. Or maybe that was more. I don't know. But one of the people that are associated with the White Sox has defended him on Twitter. So I'm just like, oh. Yeah, because I remember when he came out and he's like, oh, I didn't abuse her. I only said I was guilty to, like, expedite, like, the heart for the family. I'm like, why is a five-year-old, what does a five-year-old have to say, you know, he touches me? Like, a five-year-old isn't going to, like, think that up when you didn't touch her. Like, I'm sorry. Five-year-olds are not that crafty or that vindictive to be like, I'm going to ruin his life by saying he touched me. Unless they're truly the omen. And I highly (laughs) doubt that. Fear so, Damien, maybe. Yeah. Fear so, Rosemary's baby. But yeah, no. maybe, but though that's the only time where I'm like, ooh, maybe they were out to get him. Other than that, absolutely not. No, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, Back to this. Terrible team. Whatever. <laughs> um, what are the keys for the Red Sox to take this series? Pitching. Sorry, I'm pitching. Chris Sale has to be good. Carter Crawford has to be good. Pavetta. Pavetta's just so... Like, my thing with Nick Pavetta is that 
if Nick Pavetta was only ever my five and there were four other people above him that were like really good, I could live with Nick Pavetta. But it was just like, I've had to see Nick Pavetta try to be a three or a two. So I guess it's kind of unfair for me to be like, because there are times where Nick Pavetta looks unhittable and there are times where it's just like, oh my God, he's going to give up 10 runs. It's just inconsistency that like drives me up a wall. So I think that's my problem with, with Nick Pavetta, really. Yeah. yeah, that's my problem with most of our pitching. Yeah. I know we got Lucas and he's just <sighs> constantly being lit up. And because Gila, because the people that were like, oh my God, Giolito's good. I'm like, you got to really look at some deep numbers. Giolito was not good. Like, so not good that like he went and got traded for by the Angels and then the Angels. Oh my Jesus Christ. That organization might be the worst run organization <laughs> in Major League yeah. Baseball to the point that they're like, here, have him, whomever wants him like that team is the idea that you had two generational talents and you didn't once go to the postseason with them yeah is insane to me all you had to do was have a somewhat competent pitching staff to get them there like but oh my god and then you had Artie being like I'm gonna sell and then like he's like no I'm not gonna sell and it's like dude sell this damn team please for the life of Mike Trout, even though, like, do we think that Mike, we know Shohei long gone, 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 gone. But yeah. do we think that they're going to trade Mike Trout? Like, there's a good possibility. I just don't know who's going to eat up most of that contract. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's not even going to be like, I can give you all of these great prospects. You could probably get Mike Trout for not that much prospects. You just have to eat most of that contract and deal with the fact that he's potentially going to be injured. Yeah. That's the, that's the other point. Like, that's the other side that I see. It's like, do you want to invest in that? right now because yeah he was the greatest player in baseball it was on all the pretzel boxes like (laughs) he was this wonderful amazing player but the last two seasons been bad for him like it could be the team it could be the injuries but maybe he has not been good I can think of 20 other players have been better hitters than Mike Trout this year. Yeah, and mainly it's just he's just been riddled with injury. Yeah. And, like, it's insane it's to see, like, someone who is generationally there. They're like, oh, this guy's on pace to be, like, better than Mickey Mantle. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy shit. And it's unfair when you have to do it. And he's still, he's still young. He's, like, what, yeah. 30? Yeah. So who knows if he goes somewhere and has a healthy season that he's back to being vintage Mike Trout, like, easily. Like, you know, you're dealing with injuries. Those are going to just – make your numbers go down and things like that. I think he was hurt pretty much all year. And like you said, it were the morale of playing for one of the most poorly run organizations in in the game. Like that's got to suck. So who knows? Dave Dombrowski might be stupid enough to take it on and he goes home to Philly. Like, you know, I could see that honestly. (laughs) That's true. Because I don't know where else. I just don't know who, or can Philadelphia afford that? Like, I don't, you just don't know. Yeah, I don't know that they can afford it. I mean, they gave Bryce Harper that ridiculous contract. I don't know how much else they can afford. The only thing that Bryce Harper's contract is constructed pretty well, that there's a lot of like, and I think he constructed it in that way, thinking that 
uh, because he signed before uh, before Trout signed that extension. So I think he's like, oh, we construct this really well. Mike Trout's going to come to Philly. He's going to come home, and I'm going to roam the outfield with Mike Trout. He still might be roaming the outfield with Mike Trout because Dave Dombrowski gets what he wants. But, yeah, I think it's like – because if you look at it, it's constructed pretty well that AAV allows you to bring in other people. But still, insane. 13, 330, so much money. So many years. It's the years. A part of me doesn't give a shit about how much I, you get annually. God, you want $45 million? Absolutely, whatever. But I only have you for two or three seasons? All right. You know, I'm not stuck paying you at $42, 38000000 million? Like <laughs> – so, I don't know. It's mostly the it's mostly the years for me on these contracts that, that make me go ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fair. Um let's see. So this one is always kind of fun. So what is the biggest threat for this series? Like distrust from your own team or something white flax related? Uh I don't know. Uh, Lou Bob, maybe you guys. <laughs> uh, but for for me, it's always been how Cora manages the bullpen, really. Yeah. And I understand that sometimes because, like, I like Cora. I loved him as a player. I've never found him to be the best in game manager. I think he's great with the players. I like that brilliant at. I've just never found that his strategy is the best. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm stuck with this because ownership is obsessed with this man. So it's it is what it is. So I would just say how how the pitching overall is just managed. Um, a big thing is I think that um, Dave Bush needs to be uh, shit canned. You know, again, don't want anybody to lose their job, but at certain points, it's like, man, something something is fundamentally wrong and we look at certain things and you know, they've talked about it on other podcasts and it makes a lot of sense that, you have someone who like leaves the Red Sox pitching wise and goes off and is like great. And it's like, how come we couldn't unlock that? Like, what was the problem here? What is Dave Bush not seeing that like Ryan Brazier can add a cutter the minute he goes to frigging LA and he's elite all of a sudden. And you're like, we had to deal with one of the worst relievers to the all of a sudden, like the Dodgers get to like reap all these benefits because they see something that the Red Sox are lacking for seeing. So that's why I think there just needs to be an overhaul. And I think that's always been our downfall, really. That and the offense has sort of been Jekyll and Hyde all, all year. So whether or not the offense decides to come out and hit, like that's a, that's a big thing too. A lot of questions, a lot of question marks. Yeah. Um. And then who on the Red Sox, and I know it, it's probably going to be pitching as long as they're good, but it, who on the team is going to make the biggest impact, do you think, on during this series? Ooh, um, I think it might be Chris Sale, whether or not Chris Sale goes out there and pitches as well as he did, uh, like he did against the Blue Jays last time out, or is he going to be where I think he gave up like six or seven runs against the Orioles? The Orioles have been like the thorn in his side like all year. Like he's gone out and pitched like well against other teams and then the Orioles come in and they just blow him up. I don't know if they're just seeing something on him that other people just aren't. Like no idea. But I think it'll start because Chris Sale goes in that first game, I'm pretty sure. So I think the tone of the whole series will be how Chris Sale performs and they can sort of, you know, go off of that. Yeah, that's fair. Um so leaving this dreadful series behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We can talk about better baseball right now. So 
good or bad surprises? Like, who do you think has the potential to go all the way? And and do you have like a a backup team that it will actually contend? Um, yeah. My backup team, like, as, as much as I hate Marcelo Zuna, it had always been the Braves, mainly because they were the Boston Braves originally, and my grandmother, I have old parents who had old parents, so my grandmother was actually a Boston Braves fan, and when the Braves went to Milwaukee, she had to become a Red Sox fan, so, like, the Braves were always her number one team when it was the Red Sox or the Braves, so they've sort of always been my National League team, and I think... Again, baseball is crazy, and we saw, like, what happened when you catch fire and the Phillies are in the World Series and had no business being there last year. So it's all about just catching fire at the right time. But, man, the Braves look unstoppable. I love that the Braves got rid of Freddie Freeman and got better. Yeah, they got better. I feel like Freddie Freeman has fallen off. Freddie Freeman is one of the best hitters in the game of baseball. It's just Anthopolis is a goddamn genius. Like, that's really what it comes down to, and – I'm jealous that Alex Anthopoulos isn't running, you know, like I'm jealous he's running the Braves and not the Red Sox. Yeah. Just to have somebody in your baseball ops like that and thinks that way. So I would always say the Braves are my national league team. And then I've always had, my mom and I have always sort of had a soft spot for the Orioles and to see them actually be good and to see them be good based on how well they've drafted and developed. um, I can only hope that they'll keep their core and like and do smart things with doing that. Cause that's, what's making, if you really look at it and you, you see how like long certain people like Ronald Acuna and all these other people are like on that team, man, there's like eight to 10 years where I don't know how the Braves aren't going to be good because you have all of these people locked in. So if I'm the owner of the Orioles, which I don't know if he has the same feeling, I'm like locking up my core, man. I'm keeping oh, yeah. Gunnar Henderson. Um, obviously like I'm, I'm just wrapping them all up there and I'm trying to become what they are they're doing in Atlanta. So uh, it would be really cool to see like a Braves Orioles World Series. I doubt it's going to happen. I think the Braves will be able to get there. But man, what the the Houston Astros are just unbelievable and nothing seems to stop them. Seven straight ALCSs. They'll probably somehow F their way to the World Series. Like Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a team failing up. I hate it. I hate it. I really do. But then again, I just don't think they're that good this year, too. So maybe somebody can roll over them. I just don't necessarily think they have the pitching to really get them there. Mm -hmm. But who the hell? They were terrible in 2020. And because you could, it was 2020 and losing records made it into the playoffs. They, they, after they got hot at the right time and got all the way to the World Series. So, like, you know, no, got into the LSES. No, they, the, the Raves were able to stop them. But the fact is that they got to the championship series in a season where they were a losing season because they weren't that good that's the reason that they've gone to seven straight league championship series and you know who's gonna like I think the Rays are at least better than them I think the Orioles are better than them um I would love if the Rangers actually don't make the playoffs and the Mariners sneak in there so it'd just be kind of fun I just think there's there's American League teams better Mm -hmm. than the Astros but I don't think there's a team better than the Braves I think the Braves are gonna sleepwalk to a championship yeah that's fair I I don't have a National Mm -hmm. League team yet kind of just waiting to see how how it plays out yeah how everything just falls into place but I'm with you with the Orioles they they're so much fun oh yeah I love Adley Rushman yes I I have a jersey that I'm going to take next week with me to Vegas um because I do have like a down day where I'm not working so I'm just going to take my Rushman jersey um show my my O's pride love it love it (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on them. I love them. And Adley is a gem. 
anyone who can sit there and just constantly quote, I think you should leave. Oh, um, yeah. He... Be ridiculous at, you know, the like whole MLB headquarters shop. That was great. And uh, isn't his dad pitched to him and then his sister right. and his mom were on the sidelines during the home run derby. I was like, okay, this is this is the kind of this is the boy you bring home to mama. He's yeah. he's He's lovable. I love James McCann still to this day. I would love to see him make it to postseason and like have a meaningful postseason. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. I hope they make it. That'd be great. It would be great. It would be just a nice story because wasn't it like two, two seasons ago, they only had like 54 wins. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to see that turnaround. I called it not necessarily to the extent that they're doing it right now. I thought that Seattle would be just a little better than the Orioles. Then, yeah. But I had said like our sleeper teams right now are the Orioles and the Mariners. And I have a feeling they will both have really good seasons this mm-hmm. season, like I said, yeah. this last year. And I was really happy that that prediction came out correct um on my behalf so yeah yeah I just you're right though I just don't think I saw the Orioles being this good this good yeah like it's insane how good they are um so we'll see you know the Rays are always gonna they're they're there they're gonna be the Rays a part of me just wants the Rays to win a damn world series just so people will (laughs) shut the hell up about oh you want to build your team like the Rays the team that has never won a championship like I just want them to win just so people shut the f up like (laughs) honestly like I don't even like the Rays I just want the narrative to like be like no they won like they won but I also hate the idea of like the way they can win and not spend bothers me too. Cause I think for every like Mets team, there is of course like the A's and the Rays that don't spend and neither is good. Like mm-hmm. I want the, the happy medium is what you need for everything. Yeah. They stole the idea, the whole money ball idea and they've yet to do anything with it. Meanwhile, the A's are just floundering and oh my God, I hate it. I just hate how I hate for that fan base that they're going to end up in Vegas and like I work with a guy who's he's he's an A's fan and I was he's like from the Bay Area and he's like oh, I picked the wrong team didn't I growing up and I was like yeah you did and I was like do you are you gonna follow them to Vegas or are you just and he's like honestly if they go to Vegas and he's like I don't know because he's like I hate our ownership just so much yeah. that I don't think I can support that man more than anything and that's the person that wants to bring your team somewhere else you know yeah I... and it sucks that that's how it has to be. I feel for them as someone who also wants their owner to sell the team because yeah. we're imploding under Reinsdorf. Mm-hmm. I so how old is he now? But then is it his like sons then have it after him? Is it kind oh, of like a Steinbrenner thing? No. So he okay. does not want his children to take over. That is one thing that has been said. I mean, they already are. They already run the bowls as well because mm-hmm. Jerry owns the bowls. Yeah. He, he, is, he was born in 1936. Okay. That makes awesome. him 87. Okay. 88 next year um, in February. Um, he does not want his children to take the White Sox. Is Again. it like out of spite? Maybe. Like... <laughs> I mean, they're poorly running the bowls. So is he really profiting off of either team? Uh, yeah, maybe not. So then at that point, you're still valued in the billions. So mm-hmm. I know you're already a billionaire, but like get your more billions and sell it to someone who actually 
wants to see their team succeed. And I understand it's because like the difference between, you know, like Steve Cohen is like Steve Cohen is an actual fan of the Mets, which is why he kind of ran it a little stupidly too. And is now like taking a a step back and realizing, Oh, I can't run it. Like MLB the show. I also have to run it in a smart way. But like you see someone who has all this money in the world and wants his team to win. So he throws the money at the problem. Whereas like a lot of these teams are just there for profit for these owners. They're not necessarily like invested in, being a fan of this team and that's that's kind of part of the problem too like you know john henry's not a red sox fan yeah john henry wants to win but by by the red sox winning it's more profit for john henry it's not like oh i i get to win and i have this flashy ring and i'm so excited that my favorite sports team is winning a championship no he's just seeing dollar signs yeah (laughs) like and that's fine because if you see dollar signs and you throw dollars at those signs i'm gonna profit from it because i'm actually a fan of this team yeah We have a term um, for White Sox baseball when it starts raining in Chicago that you're about to get Reisendorfed because the second you go in that ballpark, it could be pouring down rain and it's not going to clear for two hours, but they refuse to make an announcement or delay the game or like reschedule. Like they refuse to do anything until like the very last Last minute. minute. You've been there for two hours. And you're spending money. You're eating. Yeah. You're you're going to the shops. You're drinking a bunch of beers. And then, oh, hey, tomorrow's going to be a doubleheader instead. Yeah. And then there'll be nobody in the stands because they made all their money yesterday off you drinking beers and eating hot dogs. And you get Reisendorfed. And it happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, it just really comes down to whether or not these people are ever going to sell their team. And they have all the power to do it or not to do it. And unfortunately... You just hope because like people will complain about like the Red Sox ownership. But at the end of the day, the Red Sox ownership came out and said, we haven't won, you know, since 2018. And like, I know you, we had 86 years of not winning, but for like, you know, what, five years? Absolutely like unacceptable. So we have to then go out and make a winning team and they will put a winning product on for 2024. So I'm not concerned that the Red Sox are going to be competitive. And it's because I know our ownership is going to do it. Whereas, like, you know, you just have so many spoiled Red Sox fans on Twitter. And I'm just like, my response is like, be an A's fan, be a Royals fan. And some Royals fan like responded back to me. And he's like, oh man, I'd kill for a 500 team. What's that like? <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, the, in order for the Houston Astros to get to where they are for this sustainability, there were a hundred loss seasons multiple years in a row red sox fans would be jumping jumping off the mystic river bridge if they had to deal with that absolutely they they're they're complaining about 500 and around 500 and hanging in there until like august potentially getting into the playoffs whereas like you know your season's over from like the minute you know march 31st happens Mm-hmm. Like that's what happens when you're like a Royals fan or when you're an A's fan or when you were a Houston fan, then when they were trying to build up this team to then go on a seven year run of never not making a championship series. Like, what's that like? That must be fun now. huh? And then you'll get, well, they've only won twice and one was a cheat. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I don't care. I if my team went to the American league championship series for seven straight years. Like I would just be like, this is amazing. I just don't know. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. I wish I had a good team to root for. Well, I will next year. I can't say the same. (laughs) Probably not. We're still going to be bad. 
um, yeah, that's what I've got for you. So please just let us know where we can find you. Aside from yeah. socks and chicks, obviously, which will be better next year. Yes, yes, we're gonna get we're gonna get better at it. I'll hopefully have a a more stable job where my hours are not crazy. This, well, we said this season flew by already, and it, it really did. I was like, oh crap. It really did. Um, but yeah, you can find me over on the X <laughs> at Fraulein89. But if uh, Elon starts charging us, you will not find me there. <laughs> Absolutely I will, not. I will have a blue sky code for Bailey. Yeah. Oh, my God. Cra- absolutely crazy. So, yeah, that's where you can you can find me uh, yelling at stupid Red Sox fans because that's what I love to do. It's fun. <laughs> it's really fun to watch. She's an amazing. Fo- Even if you don't care about the Red Sox. Just watching you just completely shit on men. Oh, it's so fun. Just beautiful. And I got some good, I've got at least some good men in my corner, which is always <laughs> fun too. There's a couple good guys out there that'll then be like, wow, you're such an asshole. And you're only doing this because she's a girl. Cause I've seen you not try and fight men. You're only going to fight her. So there's at least some good guys out there that'll, so watch me and some of the good guys beat up on the dumb boys. That's the fun. Shout out to Ed Hand, who has been on this oh, show as yes. well. Shout out Ed's to him. He's one of the good eggs. Yes, Ed is a good guy out there for sure. Check him out. He's on Pesky Report. Ed, Ed Hand, just check him out. He's a lot of fun. Really knowledgeable him. and a good guy. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to Chris Sale. Yes. Please let Cutter Crawford throw like a, a no no. Perfect game. I don't care what he does. Just please. Not that day, right? Keep this team up on the third game. Yes, that would be great. All right. Uh, I hopefully my team will come out swinging and we'll score like 20 runs on that in that Thank game. You. That's all I can ask for every time he's up. All right. Well, I'll see you later. Bye.